This is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley from Paladin Financial. Basically, the more accounts you have, the more opportunities there are for mistakes. So taking control of your assets may help you to avoid some of those common mistakes that investors make. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals, your money, and your plans in perfect harmony. And now, here is Paladin Financial Talk with Jeff Foley. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Foley with Paladin Financial, and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Paladin Financial Talk. We've got an awesome show today, and we not only have our two hosts today, special hosts with us, I guess there's three of us. I can count three, three hosts today, <laughs> but Tony, our normal remote host is here with us in studio. Very in person. Very yeah. glad to see him. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's nothing normal about me, Jeff. No. I don't think that was an accurate it's description, episode, but episode 43. Yeah, it is. It is. It is very good that we can be here in person. It's always more fun. To, to see your shining face. Oh, gosh. All right, <laughs> moving on. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody else is here in person. Oh, Jamie. Oh, Jamie Malm is with us today. It's great to see you, Jamie. All the way from Kansas. Yes. Wow. Thanks. It's good and to be here, guys. Yeah, we're here in Minnesota all together in the radio booth. Uh, nice and cozy, right? Did, did you fly or did you drive? Flew. You flew? Yep. Wow. Okay. Yep. How are we doing with that? I'm better. I'm much better than I used to be. So I debated, but you know, it's a 10 hour drive compared to like an hour and a half flight. So it's kind of a no brainer now. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. I've reached a point in my life where if it goes, plane goes down, the plane goes down. It it is what it is. That's good. Good for you. Thank you. Well, it's still a safer method of travel than automobile. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people don't like to fly. No. Yeah. So I'm with you, Jamie. I understand. That's for sure. But I'm glad you made the trip. Yeah. Yeah, this is fun. So, Jeff, I know you have a great show lined up for us. Uh, You and Jamie have been working on this one a couple of weeks. We've been talking about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are we exactly talking about today? I I have no idea. Jamie, what are we doing? We are going to talk about how to understand investments and what you own. That's the one. Yes. 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 You know, it's an important thing. Yeah, it is. Might, might want to pay attention. Uh, yeah. I will. I'll take notes, Jamie. And I know you put together a lot of great information for us today, Jamie. So uh, where are we be- going to begin? Who's going to start us off? I'll start. So I think one of the most important things is to really understand the different asset classes that you may own. And we may think we know about diversification. We may think we are diversified. Uh, but one of the most basic reasons why that's important is because best performing asset classes can change dramatically from year to year, right? We've seen that happen just recently with all the attention that bonds have gotten. Bonds forever were a safe place to put money, quote unquote, or a place to really diversify away from the volatility of stocks. And what we find is if you have some basic understanding of your options, you're really more likely to take advantage of reducing volatility, increasing the likelihood of consistent returns. So we want to spend some time today, talk about the basics. And Jeff, I think it would be good if we can get maybe some context around what do we even mean when we say different 
asset classes? What are we really talking about there? Yeah, good good question. I think the most basic way of looking at it is you have stocks, bonds, and cash. So stocks would be equity ownership. So you buy into Acme Company, if you remember from, uh, what was it, Wiley I. Cody? Wiley, yeah, yeah, yeah Wiley Bugs Coyote. Bunny Roadrunner Show. Yeah, Acme. Yeah. <laughs> good old Acme. So yeah. you buy stock in Acme, you're an owner of that company. Uh, whereas if you buy a bond from Acme, they owe you. So you're giving them your asset. You're lending that to them. They're going to pay you interest on that over time. And you hope Acme is still standing when that bond is due and they owe you some money. Um, and then, you, of course, you have cash. So bank money, physical cash, savings accounts, things like that. So those are the three basics. Yeah, oh, yeah. Really. Too soon, too yeah. soon. Bonds yes. and bank money, you really... You're talking about two really strong areas right there, Jeff. Yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so Moving on from that. More to come, I think, there. Yeah. But those are the basics. I mean, you can uh, go into things such as derivatives, where a derivative is based on the value of some other thing. So you have stock options on Acme that are based on their price fluctuates based on the price of the Acme stock and the outlook of Acme stock. But the basics are stocks, bonds, and cash. And things go through cycles. Our economy right now... Uh, depending on who you talk to, is in a good or not so good state. We're uh, going through some bumps in the road here this year in the market, but overall it's up. And uh, the Fed yesterday announced another quarter percent rate hike, which has some good things and bad things that come about that. And tying in with the banks, I think we'll see some things unfold here over the next few weeks related to that. But yeah, those are the, the basics. So understanding what you're invested in is really important. Yeah, I think really understanding how those financial tools make up the economy and understanding every economy has its cycles. Then you really look at how am I diversified within these different asset classes and how does that help me take advantage of the different cycles? So I agree. I think stocks and bonds are probably the the two items that most people are familiar with. You just touched on something, though, that I want to talk a little bit about, and that's the role of the Federal Reserve. So we hear a lot about the Federal Reserve raising rates, and we've experienced firsthand what that has meant for inflation. But what's the what's the role that raising rates has really been playing for us lately on the stock and the bond market? Let's talk a little bit about how that impacts those two items. Yeah. So the Fed trying to slow down inflation, they're increasing the most basic interest rates, and that becomes more costly for companies to grow and, and, you know, buy, borrow money from people, everything get in general gets more expensive and that is going to have the impact of slowing down the economy. So the Fed has been working at increasing interest rates, but not too much. They don't want to overshoot things. They raise interest rates too high and the economy goes backwards. They just want to slow the, slow the roll a little bit and make sure the uh, eggs we're buying are not $14 a dozen. They're more around the four or $5 mark or so. So that as they're adjusting interest rates, everything is relative to that. So you think of the Federal Reserve, they're setting that base safe interest rate and other things. If that interest rate increases like bank CDs, if you can have basically no risk uh, return from the federal government in treasuries at a X percent rate and the bank CD might have a little bit of risk with it, you should be getting more return for that. And if you have an Acme bond, you should be getting an even better return from that. So it all ties in together. But the goal with the Fed is to try to slow down inflation. Right. So the Fed's been trying to slow down inflation but that's really been wreaking havoc on people who have long-term bonds in the bond market. 
which is where SVB Bank, you know, Silicon Valley Bank and others have gotten themselves into a bit of trouble. Isn't that right? It's affected that. <laughs> I've heard that this the most two recent bank failures, it's the first time that we've had a bank fail where it didn't have something to do with fraud or the loans that they had on the books. This was because of the good decisions they thought they were making with buying the long-term bonds, but it put them in a situation where they didn't have the liquidity that they needed when they started to have people pull out. They had to go sell the bonds at what they were worth now. And we know as interest rates increase, bond values are going to go down. So that's a, a little maybe in the weeds on what we were going to talk about from uh, banks, but sure, I think it's I, important to know. Yeah, I didn't mean to get us. Yeah, I didn't mean to get us off track there, but it does tie in, right? It does. Yeah, going back to Acme, if Acme issues a bond and they pay investors a three percent coupon on that, and interest rates have creeped up, there's still the same same company financial. Let's say they now have to offer maybe a five percent interest rate on a similar bond to investors. Otherwise, who wants to invest when in Acme when I can go to ABC company and get 5% instead of 3%. Sure. So as interest rates increase, those older bonds that are paying lower rates, no one wants those. So the value of that bond decreases accordingly. But I think before we move on with the actual topic, that illustrates why you need to work with a financial services professional like yourselves, Jamie and Jeff, because uh, you want to make sure your assets are properly allocated and you don't want all the eggs in one basket. Yeah, that's a very good point. And Tony, is that a pizza stain on your shirt? Um, thank you so much for <laughs> noticing. I thought it wow. was coffee, but I didn't want to say anything. Yeah, and I even used a Tide pin on that. But thanks for pointing that well. out on the show. Uh, Jeff, I'm so glad you noticed. And uh, before the end of the show, I will go over the list of things I've noticed about you today. Um, I'll work on that as you guys talk amongst yourselves and to our listeners about understanding investments. So we've talked a little bit about bonds and the bank situation. Where are we headed next here? So let's talk about the other thing that I think is probably at least most familiar to people, or at least they recognize the term, which is a mutual fund. And I think most people, they understand the term mutual fund, but there's some pros and cons that come with that. And that's what I really want to dig into. Really, a mutual fund is a basket of investments, right? That pools money from many investors. They're able to purchase securities. And you can own a mutual fund that focuses on growth or income. Typically, they're run by professional money managers. And, and those money managers are deciding what's in them, when to sell, when to buy. So let's talk about some of the pros and cons to mutual funds. Yeah, that's a good one. Mutual funds and just backdrop there, why mutual funds exist. If you go back to the stock market crash in the 20s, people at that point, they were investing in stocks, bonds, and cash. And if you had money in Acme and Acme went bankrupt, the money that you had invested there was gone. So you had single stock risk. You had concentration risk that would come up. And mutual funds were born out of that crash because now what if you took the concept of investing in stocks, but I put a hundred dollars in and instead of just owning Acme stock, I now own 50 companies similar to Acme. And if one of them has a blowout, I have 49 stock still within that portfolio. Is blowout an official financial term? It, it is. It is, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what we used to refer to with my daughter when she was in diapers and 
if she had a bad day, <laughs> it was she right, had yes. several blowouts. Wow. wow. I see Jamie brought visuals to this show today. Hey. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> it's just what I think about when you say blowout. So I just wondered if that was well, an official financial term. At least it's not a scratch now. and sniff show. You know what I mean? At least there's no, it's just audio, kids. Don't worry about it. All right. So no blowouts. And yeah. then what? So diversification is what mutual funds provided as an opportunity. So there have been so much money that have been poured into mutual funds over the years. And in the 1970s, we'll talk about ETFs here in a moment, but ETFs came about, same general concept, but with some more modern benefits. So the benefits of mutual funds, you have the diversification, relatively low cost, typically. The downside sometimes can be from a tax perspective, it's hard to see exactly what you have within the fund on a day-to-day basis. And when you buy into that fund, you might actually get what's called inherited tax gains. So you buy in that mutual fund and along the way, as the stocks within that mutual fund have increased and the fund company decides, you know what, let's sell some of these things and take a gain. You're going to get some of the tax hit from that, but didn't have the growth that came along with that. And that's one of the benefits we'll talk about with ETFs can lessen the impact of that inherited tax gain. I thought, I thought though, sorry, Jamie, I thought ETF, um, it stands for exchange traded funds. I thought it actually stood for enjoy the Foley. It doesn't mm. ETF enjoy the Foley. No. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that is true. The Kansas office, not so much. All right. So uh, ETFs, what do you well, think? Well, let me back up to mutual funds for just a second, because I think you, you just talked about something there that can come as a pretty nasty surprise to some people. They don't realize that they could actually take a tax hit from something they didn't actually initiate. They didn't have any control over it. And that mm-hmm. can come as a surprise. And generally speaking with planning our finances, we don't like surprises, especially when they relate to taxes. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's, uh, they're, they're not as easy to control the tax gain, you know, taxable gains that occur. Whereas if you had individual stocks, which we talked about some of the risk with that, you have control of when you buy and sell a stock more so than what a fund company is doing and their management of that. I hope that um, now that we're going to talk about ETFs, I hope that we have some listeners that get confused and think later, was it called Enjoy the Foley or was it something else? (laughs) So ETFs, they are similar to mutual funds in that they allow investors to pool their money together, but we have some big differences here, right? So let's talk about what benefits ETFs have over mutual funds specifically. Why are we looking at ETFs over mutual funds? Yeah, a lot of the benefits stem from the same general thing where they're they're more liquid, they're more transparent. You can see what you have within those. So if you call up a mutual fund company, let's say Fidelity, great fund company, and you say, what is the value of my XYZ large cap fund today? They'll say, I don't know. We can tell you what it was worth yesterday. If you want to know what it's worth today, call back tomorrow because they close the books once a day. An ETF trades like a stock. So any stock, Acme, Apple, whoever, You can Google that and watch the stock price go up and down throughout the day. And the same is true with an ETF. So you could have, let's say, an S&P 500 mutual fund and an S&P 500 ETF. And the ETF, you're going to see that adjusting throughout the day and it's live traded. You can buy and sell that throughout the day, whereas the mutual fund, they close the books once a day. So more liquid with the ETF, more transparent. You can better see what you have within there. And also that inherited tax gain that can occur is... It still could occur with an ETFs, but it's much less likely given the structure and the liquidity that those uh, products offer. So, Jamie, what about the tax efficiency of an ETF versus a mutual fund? Is it better? 
Yeah, t- ETFs typically are going to be more tax efficient because of what Jeff just talked about. Sure. And I think one of the things that's important to note with ETFs is when we talk about the flexibility of it, what we're really talking about there is that the money managers of that fund, they don't have to wait until the close of the day and just let ha- whatever happens happens, right? The benefit to the consumer is if we see something that's going on during the day and we want to take advantage of buying or selling throughout the day, that's what we mean by flexibility, right? Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, we're not talking about trying to do day trading, right. but, you know, having that flexibility to, to do that. If you don't like what's happening in a given day, you can make adjustments accordingly. Yeah. So let's, what should people do from here? If they think, you know, I've, I've accumulated all these assets, which is typically what we see, right? In the working years, we've had people that I bought this, I had this stock here, maybe I owned a mutual fund, I rolled this 401k over, but you really, if you don't truly understand what you own, how it works together, is it part of a cohesive plan or do I just own the same things over and over again, just in different portfolios, that can derail things later. So what, what do we recommend to people to do from here? Call us. Yeah. Give us a call. And one of the things that we offer as part of our complimentary second opinion service is we'll evaluate what your investments are today and show you here are all the things. Let's say you have six different accounts at different institutions. We're going to show you here's a bird's eye view looking down at everything. How much do you have in Acme and Apple and Google and U.S. and international? A lot of things that could be useful in planning for your retirement. And you're, if you're using your assets for income or close to that, how do we structure that properly to decrease risk, lower your expenses, decrease what we call the sequence of returns risk, which we've talked about in the show previously, which is simply taking money out of things at the wrong time. So we want to step one, understand what you have today and make sure it's the best fit and it's optimized for you based on your personal risk tolerance, your income needs, taxes are a big piece of this as well. So call us and schedule time to come in and meet with us or visit us uh, through Zoom and we'll give you that complimentary second opinion. You can reach us at 651-842-8406 or visit us online at financialpaladin.com or you can send us an email at info at financialpaladin.com. One of my favorite things that we get to do with clients is offer that analysis. It is such an eye opener for most people. And I've been told time and time again, that's the first time anybody has ever taken the time to go through from the ground up and explain what I own, how it works together. It is such an enlightening process. And unfortunately, one that seems to be very unique in our industry and it shouldn't be. So I encourage everybody that's listening to take advantage of that. It is so empowering to have the information you need to make informed decisions. So this is a great one. Good. Yeah. Why don't you give the number one more time, Jeff, so people can get that report run. That's 651-842-8406. All right. And to clarify, yes, we had pizza today for lunch. No way. (laughs) Yeah. You called it. You called it. You called it. And I'm wearing it. Yeah. Yeah. They got fresh pizza here and, uh, yeah. Yep. P- random pizza plug. We had pizza in the office yesterday at Domino's. I don't know the name of it, but it's like a chicken, um, 
some type of spicy thing. It was amazing. So, Domino's has, I think, the best crust of any yeah, I, I'd agree. pizza chain. They've improved, that thin yeah, crust is delicious. Yeah, they've improved it greatly, too, over the years. So yeah. I think the one they had the, the commercials probably five to ten years ago where they talked about how terrible their pizza was. Yes. And I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, yeah they, they they said our crust it tastes like cardboard. We listened. You that's what you said, and we fixed it. So yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah, it is. They've gotten way better. Good well, job, Domino's. Yeah, good job, Domino's. And we're not plugging to get free pizza either. Domino's.com. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, Jeff. Here's the deal: uh, pizza for lunch. I'll have pizza every meal of the day, even if I have to buy a new shirt. Love it. <laughs> All right, and that does it for today's episode of Paladin Financial Talk with our host, Jeff Foley, and special guest host, Jamie Mall. Thank you for listening to Paladin Financial Talk. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Jeff Foley at Paladin Financial. Call 877-219-3199 or visit their website at financialpaladin.com. Advisory services offered through Paladin Wealth LLC, a Minnesota registered investment advisor. Paladin Wealth LLC offers advisory services under the DBA Paladin Financial and Paladin Wealth. Insurance products and services offered through Paladin Insurance LLC. Paladin Wealth LLC and Paladin Insurance LLC are affiliated companies. Jeff Foley and Paladin Financial are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. All matters discussed during the show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation.